0: The title of the message is Freedom in the Holy Spirit. You know, God has called us to be free. Children of God enslaved to no one. Truly free. What does that freedom look like? We ready? Praise God. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The Holy Spirit and Jesus are one. When you look at the New Testament and the things that Jesus did and how the religious people tried to try to stop him, Kill him, you look at Jesus and you see freedom. And you know, at, at times he would escape or he would just walk through them. Hallelujah. Or he would hide himself. What does it mean to hide yourself? Jesus was there, but they couldn't see him. Wow. Freedom. God has called us to freedom. And I. You know, it's important to God that we all be free. And freedom is bigger than deliverance. To be delivered is to be set free, but freedom is bigger than deliverance. You with me? Sometimes you need to be set free of something, but you're not possessed, you're not demonized but something in your life is hindering you. Galatians 5 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Did you hear that? Stand fast in the liberty. That means that it's something you have to protect. You have to consciously think about your liberty. Stand fast in your liberty because you can lose it. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. It's not about church religion, rules, and regulations, but faith working through love. Everyone say, faith. Working through love. So when you're walking in the freedom of the Holy Spirit, you're walking by faith in the Spirit of love. Praise God. Where there's freedom in the Holy Spirit, there's always love. If you look at at this ministry, sometimes you might think it's not very loving. I'll say to someone, I'm going to tap you and I'll whack them in the head. Love, divine love, God's love is not always what you think it is. His love is different from human love and his freedom is different from what you think Christian freedom is. Praise God. The the problem with many, many Christians is they have virtually no discernment. Jesus can be coming in love and power and just frying someone and the person's looking and saying, well, this is not very good. This is not very loving. What's going on here? Because they have all they're doing is looking on the outside. And the outside is like a sign saying, God at work. But they they fail to discern what Jesus Christ is doing on the inside. Amen? And you can pray for someone and they don't feel anything and they get a new heart. And just because... Nothing seems to be happening. You think nothing's happening. Discernment. Discernment. People who want to hold you in bondage almost always lack discernment. They can't discern the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. They just have... They just look with the eyes, natural eyes. And they, like our friend, I just prayed for her. Now she's shaking down the back. (laughs) Amen. She's there shaking. And people look on the outside and they go, what's going on? You know, this is weird. But they can't see. The Holy Spirit is moving. And it has a physical impact, the muscles and everything praise God, but the Holy Spirit is doing his work, his work, and it's just that the muscles and everything else are are being affected, praise God, in Jesus, we have true freedom, we are not slaves, but we are children of God, adopted, hallelujah, God loves you, you're a child of God. And he doesn't want you to be enslaved by anything. You know? Praise God. Even so we, Galatians 4.4, 4, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent... His Forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons verse 6 and because you are so- sons God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts crying out Abba Father therefore you are no longer a slave but a son and if a son then an heir of God through Christ hallelujah My uh, my father was organist and choir master of a cathedral. Uh, here you call it the Episcopal Church. In Australia, it's called the Anglican Church. And uh, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, spoken in tongues in the 1950s. And 50s, uh, 60s, somewhere around there. And in 1966... We moved to Australia and they wanted him to be the organist and choir master. And he wrote to them and said, You don't want me. I speak in tongues. <laughs> yeah. but, they, they, but they still took him on, and he was a very good musician. And, uh, but they persecuted him to the grave. They persecuted him and persecuted him, you know, and I grew up. I grew up in that context, seeing my father persecuted, you know. And I grew up in the awareness that the church can hate freedom. The religion in the church, you know, can just hate your freedom. And um, so he'd play the organ at the cathedral, come home. We'd have Saturday night meeting. And back then, you know, it's not like today where there's lots of charismatic Pentecostal churches. Back then, you know, there was a lot of religion. And we had up to 130 people in our house. And I remember a blind lady receiving her sight and a leg growing out and the power of God falling in our home, you know. And, um, but you couldn't have that going on in the church. But... So stand fast. Stand fast. When the Holy, you know, there are two main ways that God will give you freedom. You ready? Two keys. The first is repentance. When the church fails to preach repentance, you get bound up carnal Christians. Repentance. Repentance will bring you into pure joy. Sin is the work of the devil. It's the work of the devil. And Jesus said, says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And he destroys it and the bondage of sin through repentance. Repentance. Repentance is one of the most wonderful things. One of the greatest blessings in my life was when I read, I'm, I'm, I'm sincere about this, when I read a sin and occult list and I ticked off my sins I, and I realised what sin was and I could be free of it through repentance and confession of sin. Tremendous. Repentance. The second key, see, so Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The second key is to receive the kingdom of heaven through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit coming upon you, infilling you, baptizing you. Jesus Christ baptizing us in the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ baptizing us with fire, delivering us, Transforming us from glory to glory. Jesus Christ, God, does nothing in our lives without the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. It's by the Holy Spirit that we are born again. Resurrection life. Through faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes gives us a new nature it's the Holy Spirit who reveals the word of God to us it's the Holy Spirit who applies the word through faith in Jesus Christ it's the Holy Spirit who gives us freedom hallelujah how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil You can't have anything from God without the Holy Spirit. Those who reject the Holy Spirit, they reject the word of God. And yet it's the word that they preach. But the Holy Spirit applies the word. The word is the sword of the Spirit. You cannot separate the word of God from the Holy Spirit. If you try to do it, what you end up with is history. Is novel it's a book it's letters on a page but the Holy Spirit takes the word with power to save heal and deliver you need to repent and you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so in the book of Acts when someone believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and repented What did they ask them? Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? When Cornelius invited Peter, and Peter comes to Cornelius, Cornelius was a Gentile, an unbeliever, and an angel had appeared to Cornelius to invite Peter to come. And Peter comes, and Peter starts preaching the gospel to them. While he's speaking, the Holy Spirit falls on them. What does it mean that the Holy Spirit fell on them? Just what you saw tonight. They got drunk in the spirit. They were speaking in tongues. They were prophesying. Freedom. You know, um, and part of this freedom is the Holy Spirit will reveal the word to you. Okay? And the Holy Spirit is the most wonderful teacher. And some people, they they listen to a teaching here, a teaching here, this one and that one. They get themselves all confused. One of the things I felt in my life, the Lord said to me, was read the Bible and the Holy Spirit will teach you. Read the Bible, the Holy Spirit will teach you. When you believe the word, the Holy Spirit will teach you. Amen? And some people, they get bound by all these strange teachings. You with me? The pure, simple word of God, revealed to you by the Holy Spirit, revealed in your heart, and believed on, is power. It's freedom. Amen? And... People say that my preaching is easy to understand. The word is meant for children. The word is meant to be simple. And just believe on it, you know. People make it so complicated. You've got to hear this teaching. You've got to buy this CD. You've got to do this. Read the Bible. Meditate on it. Hallelujah. Allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. Stop. Be still and meditate on the word. Not reading it like a textbook. You know, some people read the Bible because of the theology. And the, you know, the, the, let the Holy Spirit apply the treasures of the word. Give you the treasures of the word. The word of God is treasure of more value than thousands of coins of silver and gold, it says. Amen. There's tremendous freedom by reading this book and by believing it. Praise God. So religion is one of the, one of the ways that Satan seeks to bind people up. So let's, let's have a look at some of the ways religion operates. First, legalism. Legalism. Some people preach condemnation. There's a difference between preaching repentance that brings the fruit of life, of forgiveness, of joy, peace and eternal life. And preaching against sin to bring people into shame, condemnation. Condemnation is a guilt feeling that Satan puts on you. It's a f- subjective feeling of guilt. Conviction of sin is the work of the Holy Spirit. Religion puts people into subjective guilt And condemnation. Jesus convicts of sin and brings eternal life, peace and joy in Jesus. Amen. So if you're going to a church that's preaching legalism, making you feel guilty every time you enter the place, you walk out with shame, what you're doing is feeding on religion, not on Jesus Christ. And a lot of churches are doing that. And the other extreme is hyper-grace. That's where you don't preach repentance. You, 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 you can do whatever because you're fine. You receive Christ, you're under grace. No matter what you do, you're going to heaven. And that's not biblical. That'll bring you in bondage as well because you'll end up walking in sin and never repent. Religion. When people fail to have the fear of God, they end up offering worship that is carnal, that is offered from ungodly lives. Preachers that are carnal and it's unacceptable to God and will bring you into bondage. I went to uh, an Easter. Outreach by a church in Sydney and it was a family outreach and they had dancing girls in hot pants followed by preaching of the gospel and it was the most disgusting thing I'd ever seen carnal church Jesus said beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and scribes and the leaven of Herod. Two things you need to be aware of, beware of, run from. First, you know what leaven is. Leaven is yeast. Leaven or yeast causes the bread to rise. Beware of the yeast, the teaching of the religious. It will corrupt your life. And the second type is the yeast or leaven of Herod. What's that? That's when the government goes woke. And the churches try to be cultural and accept it. Are you with me? Beware of the government that wants to corrupt you with their idea of what is ethical and right and true but does not line up with the righteous standards of God's word and beware the leaven of religious people that does not line up with the word of God praise God people get ideas and they preach them but they don't come from the word by the Holy Spirit the center of preaching is repentance and the center of freedom is righteousness. Amen. So, for example, you can be in a church and the pastor can have a spirit or an atmosphere of unbelief in his heart. I went and visited a Pentecostal pastor in, in Australia years ago, and he said, I'm a criminal barrister. So he's he was a pastor. And he was um, a lawyer, okay. I don't know what you call them in the, in in the states, criminal barristers. He was top, and he and he, and he d- investigated, you know, murders and that sort of thing. He said, "I've seen everything." He said, "When it comes to miracles, I'm a cynic." So here, this guy is—he's a cynic about the miraculous, and he's preaching. So. What is in his heart is an atmosphere of unbelief. When you preach, you preach from the overflow of the heart. So what is he feeding people? When, when people go to church, I don't know your church, I'm not judging your church, but what are you feeding on? It's not just words, you're feeding on the spirituality of the pastor. One pastor said to me that he watched porn because it was beautiful. So what is it in the heart of the person? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Praise God. Praise God. People just eat, eat, eat the teachings with no discernment what they're taking into themselves. And they come into a yoke. So sometimes it's very hard to go into a church and preach. That's why normally we, we hire secular venues. Sometimes the leaven has grown up. The yeast has grown in people's hearts. And they don't even realize it. I went to one church and it was as dead as dead and nothing happened as far as I could tell in that church and I talked to a lady afterwards she said I've been here for 30 years or something she said I've never heard anyone speak about healing I've never heard these things ever well you know the whole church is feeding on what praise God So people, you know, they, think, they go along to church and they, they think that this is what church is and then they see the move of the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and they think, well, this can't be God because they've never heard of such a thing. They've never seen such things. Hallelujah. We should uh, examine everything in the light of God's word. Praise God. And religious people often have an attitude of criticism. You can't do anything without them criticising. I remember I was in another uh, country, uh, non-English speaking country, and I was invited to pray for a few people and, you know, for me, nothing much seemed to happen. But I noticed the pastor conservative pastor who was just looking you know and uh, afterwards he he called the senior pastor to a meeting with me and he had on his phone a long list everything he didn't like critical attitude and so he shared all this and then he said I don't want Mark preaching in my church and the senior pastor who was like the bishop said to him, Mark will come to your church. So the other pastor, he let everyone know not to come. And uh, critical attitude. Shortly after that, that pastor, unfortunately, was put in prison. And um, it's dangerous, dangerous. Criticise the work of the Holy Spirit. Another pastor I was watching on YouTube and he was really criticising other people and people, you know, not, people aren't perfect, you know, but people who are flowing in the freedom of the Holy Spirit and he ended up in prison. It's a dangerous thing to criticise the works of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Praise God. Religious people... Maintaining their religion, their status quo, is more important than having compassion for people. You know, if, if someone's screaming getting delivered, they don't like it. If someone's on fire and hollering because they've been baptized in fire, they don't like it. Because it, 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 it messes with the status quo of church their schedule you know we do this this and this and it's all arranged you know and and they don't like freedom run from it run from it run from it the most important thing that you have is your faith in Jesus Christ and that faith Needs to grow and grow and grow. As your faith grows, your freedom and the revelation will grow as well. Amen? Freedom is not only something you receive when you're born again, but it's something that you can grow into. Amen? Are you with me? You're born again and then you get a revelation of what darkness and light is. And you begin to repent more, and the Holy Spirit works on you more, sanctifies you more, and sets you free from all sorts of stuff. Praise God. Matthew twelve nine. Now when Jesus had departed from there, he went into a synagogue, and behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that they might accuse him? They were totally unconcerned about this man who had a withered hand, which probably meant he couldn't work. And they just wanted to accuse him for doing something on the Sabbath. And Jesus said to them, what man is there among you, tell me, which of you, who has one sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold on it and lift it, hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value... Than is a man than a sheep. Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. People can be so religious and hypocrites. They can preach God's love, but when God's love comes in power, they oppose it. I had a lady uh, the other week, I forget her name, uh, Brooke, Brooke, and she had such demonization that they were talking about institutionalizing her for life, putting her into a mental home, mental institution for life. And she's like, thank God they didn't do it. But they put her in against her will, took her out, put her in, and she lived a life of torment. And then one, one meeting a few weeks ago, the Holy Spirit came on her and she fell into a chair it's on YouTube. And she slid out of that chair. And when she slid out of that chair on the ground, she felt that evil spirit that had tormented her life, all her life, slide out of her. And she came back and she said, it's going to take me a couple of weeks to find out who I am. Amen? Amen? But some people would oppose it. They'd say, well, you go. You got to... This is a mental health issue, you go to a psychiatrist, but don't you do those things in our church. And it's evil. <clears throat> God has come to set the captives free. And don't let anyone steal your freedom. Stand fast in the liberty of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Jesus said in Luke 11:52, woe to you lawyers, you have taken away the key of knowledge. See, this book is a key to your shalom. What is shalom? It's prosperity, it's peace in the Holy Spirit. Prosperity, when I think of prosperity, I mean I think of total well-being. Well-being. You are prospered in your soul, you are prospered in your relationships, you are prospered in your finances. you are prospered in everything. you prospered in your mental health. The religious will steal from you the key of knowledge. Knowledge. But the Holy Spirit comes to bring us this key and our eyes are opened and we believe what is written and it becomes to us truth and truth will set you free. Amen? For you have taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves and those who were entering in you hindered some of you. You're going to a church where they're hindering you from entering the kingdom of heaven, they haven't entered themselves and they're trying to hinder you, and they hinder you through their teaching and by restricting you. You know, praise God! Hallelujah. I remember when I was a teenager, I was going to uh, the Anglican cathedral where my dad played the organ, and uh, the preacher. I don't think he expected anyone, I don't know what was going on. But anyway, he said something about shouting, you know, he was about shouting to the Lord. Maybe he was quoting the Old Testament Psalms or something. And it just came upon me. And here I am, this big Anglican cathedral, very religious, you know. Hallelujah! I shouted, you know. And everyone's like, <laughs> hallelujah. Freedom. 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 You know, God will ask you to do things because you're free that, uh, that will challenge other people's captivity. God will ask you to do things because you're free that will challenge other people's captivity, you know. So one of the things that happens when you're free in the Holy Spirit is you have boldness. The Holy Spirit gives you boldness. And uh, you have this overflow of love and boldness. And so I find that, you know, that when I'm wandering around taking plans and stuff, you know, I'll just start talking to people. Hello, how are you? You know, why are you wearing that brace or this or that? And And some people, they don't like the way I talk to strangers. Some people, you know, because... There's a bondage there, captivity that confronts them. So when you're a spirit-filled, free, born-again Christian in a bound-up church, your freedom will upset them. Anyone relate? Your freedom will upset them. So you have a choice. You can remain steadfast in your freedom or you can become bound like the rest of them. Praise God. Look, I know that, you know, that many Christians in certain parts of the world, you can't find an active, spirit-filled, free church, okay? But just because you can't find one, don't keep going to something that's in bondage because you might end up like the rest of them. Your spiritual life is important, so, if you can't find anything, start your own church. Start a house church. Start worshipping the Lord, studying the word. You know, why not? Praise God. Do your own thing. Praise God. 2 Timothy 3.5. What should we do? They having a form of godliness. Religious people are always about the form, the outward. They're having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. Turn away. My my simple advice is this. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Praise God. Back in the, um, when was it, the 1990s, that's a little while ago, I, I was doing what they call deputation that's when you you, go, you visit churches before you go out as a missionary and I went to this little country church and the, the minister the priest said to me you can't preach longer than 10 or 15 minutes and you can't pray for anyone okay so so I walked in this little country church I got up I think to preach and I saw Jesus and he was outside the building weeping because they didn't want him and I thought I will never do this again I would rather be outside Amen Praise God For where two or three are gathered in my name there am I in the midst of them Praise God. It's better to be with a small group of people in the brilliance of his light than to be in a large group of people in bondage. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Praise God. So, you know, one of the things that religious people talk about is order, you know. They say... You're not in order. And in the, they quote the Bible, you know. But when Paul talks about you can all prophesy one after another, you've got to understand what order is. Order is not an order of service. It's not a schedule that man makes up. Order is how God sees order order so when these prophets were not waiting for one another to prophesy there was a problem of pride that's not order in the spiritual realm hallelujah I was preaching in North Carolina a few years ago and uh, at a church and one of the pastors came up and he had a full scrap piece of paper is that legal paper or it's a big piece of paper and he had a pen or a pencil he said, what is the order of service? And uh, he was given the love offering and he wanted to know what was going to happen. And I said, well, look, for your sake, we'll do worship and then we'll have a love offering. And then he said, well, what else is happening? I said, 'We'll just let the Holy Spirit run it. He's like, so his piece of paper is virtually empty. So that night, the first night, the Holy Spirit fell. It was about 300 people. The Holy Spirit fell in the meeting. It was just awesome. So he came back the next night, he was laughing, and he said, what's the order of service? People were being healed and all sorts of stuff was going on. And, and he was just laughing like, you know, there is an order in heaven, and it doesn't look like religion. Praise God. Uh, you know, we were in, uh, where were we, Sarah? In Scotland, in, uh, what was the name of the city? Aberdeen, Aberdeen, in Scotland. And I was preaching about hosting the Holy Spirit. And, And, you know, one of the things is we have to yield completely and let him run it, you know. It was a very different meeting. It was like he was showing us, you know. So... We didn't start with worship. He started, the Holy Spirit started locating and healing people. And then, I can't remember all the aspects, but it was the, the whole meeting was turned upside down. And then Sarah starts worshipping. She's halfway through her set. And I did something I'd never done before. The Holy Spirit prompted me to stop the worship. So I got up and I said, Sarah, you need to stop. Now, Sarah had fallen down a stairwell, a staircase and, uh, in an Airbnb and the stairwell was like this. <laughs> and she, she fell down and she was in pain, her shoulder. I said, the Lord wants you to stop and he's healing you. <laughs> Power God healed her. Now you can go on. <laughs> it was just one of those meetings, you know. This just really strange, you know, and, and uh, freedom. Um, so, when the Holy Spirit comes, he wants to manifest the fruit of the Spirit. He wants to manifest love He, in his compassion. He wants to heal people. He wants to deliver people. He wants to edify people in the word of God he wants to edify your faith through testimonies this is all the things he wants to transform people he wants you to be born again he wants to baptize in the Holy Spirit baptize in fire he wants to just pour out the Holy Spirit and power upon people he wants to make a mess of your religion a mess of your cosmetics a mess of your hair you know he wants to do it praise God (laughs) amen For, for freedom, Jesus Christ came. That you might be free of sin, free of the things that bind you. I was thinking about Lazarus, and Jesus stands in front of a tomb and he says, Lazarus, come forth. Of course, Lazarus comes forth, but he can hardly move. He's all bound, and he's, you know. And Jesus, everything that Jesus says has purpose, it's prophetic. And he says, Loose him of his grave clothes. Loose him. And sometimes there are things in our life, they're not demons, but you need to be loosed of it. You know? I I used to drink coffee, caffeine, coffee. And... um, So when I was a college student in Wheaton College near Chicago, I would get a Styrofoam cup, it's like a milkshake size, you know, a good American size, a brewed coffee, and I would drink this and it would give me a caffeine high for about eight hours, literally, and gave me a stomach ulcer. And. And caffeine, for me, just messes with me, you know. It sends me up and down and and gives me esophagus problems. And one day, about 10 years ago, I thought, this is stupid, Mark. Why don't you just drink decaffeinated, you know? It's like grave clothes. It wasn't demonic. It was caffeine. But it wasn't helpful, you know? In the book of Hebrews, it, it says to lay aside the weights And snares and the sin. Weights and sin. And sometimes we have weights in our life that aren't helpful. I was addicted to TV. Addicted to TV. I used to spend half a night watching TV. If I got stressed, watch TV. It wasn't helpful, you know? And you need to shed these things because they're holding you back. Amen? Praise the Lord. And some people. you you don't have an evil spirit but you live in fear you just have an attitude of fear you won't do anything unusual you know because of your fear get over it you know miserable fear won't share the gospel won't go anywhere you know some people won't get in the car because they think oh I might have a car accident won't get on a plane they're too scared won't go to another country oh you know won't come to Australia I know like I talk to New Zealanders New Zealanders God bless you and they'll never come to Australia, some of them. Oh, you've got redback spiders, you've got funnel webs, you've got snakes, and no way we're going to come. You know, fear. Hallelujah. Fear. Jesus Christ called us to freedom. Don't be in bondage to anyone or anything. Amen. Run from the leaven of the scribes and Pharisees and the leaven of Herod let this be your standard of righteousness don't let anyone steal your faith amen Amen. through ridiculous preaching and teaching it binds people up people who should have been delivered years ago still walking with their demons people who should have been healed years ago still walking in their pain you know and torment, and so on, you know? Because no one's ever told them that Jesus heals, he delivers, and he loves. Amen? Praise God. Let's just uh, close our eyes, if you like, for a moment. Jesus loves you, and you can be free. And the first step of freedom is repentance. First step is repentance and someone either in the room or watching online, you're addicted sexually, masturbating and porn, and you're bound in this, and you can be free. All you need to do is come to Jesus. Put your faith in him. He will forgive you and cleanse you and set you free. Hallelujah. <laughs> What's the power of God going through you? person, sexual addict, you're being set free right now I see you, I see you manifesting this evil spirit it's coming out of you, you're being set free by Jesus Christ may you never go back into it someone else, either in the room or watching, you have a critical spirit you're critical of other people you know, you need to repent, be free of that because it's It's really hard on the people around you, always critical of them. Rarely do you have a word of encouragement for your children, for other people. I can see someone, you're a boss, employer, and you're always critical of other people, you know, and you're you're causing destruction in other people's lives. Be free of it. Repent. Repent of it. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Someone else, you love to hear gossip. You have have this thing of gossip. You just love to listen to gossip, talk about other people. You can be free of that. You can be free of that. Repent. Repent. Someone else, you've listened to teaching that has told you that it's God's will for you to be Sick and in pain, that this is God's will. It's a lie, a lie from hell. It's a lie. You can be free by his stripes, his wounds. You were healed. Repent of that unbelief, destroy that thought. It's false teaching. Jesus loves you, and that's the power of God coming on people, bringing healing. So right now, just confess to the Lord, whatever your sins are, repent. Open your heart to Jesus Christ. There is a promise. You can have eternal life. You can be free. You can have joy and peace, righteousness in the Holy Spirit. You can be washed clean by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And the second thing is, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just believe on the promise of God. Promise the Father will send his Holy Spirit upon you and bring joy.